to the Mad Statue. I'm your host, Chris Tusa, and this is Charlie Branton. Welcome back to the Midas Touches. Huge episode coming up today because it's the return of properly the flat season with the Craven meeting at Newmarket. We had a pretty incredible weekend up at Aintree. Well, a whole festival at Aintree, really, starting on um, Thursday of last week. Some pretty impressive performance by a few horses. Side de Burley back in the winner's enclosure. Uh, that was a bit of a highlight for me. On, on Saturday in that Stayers race, beating the Cheltenham champion of two years, Florian Porter. You didn't get to see it because you were in Venice. How was that? Uh, well, it was sad not being able to watch it, but it was it was good in Venice. Um, I had a lovely time with my family. We were there just doing a bit of sightseeing for a few days. Really nice weather, good food. Yeah, so nothing. Quite windy like. though, no? Uh, the Saturday was windy, but the rest of it was really nice. Uh, there was a bit of rain on Saturday evening, which was a shame. It got really wet, actually. Trousers soaked. Um, but it managed to dry up over supper and it stopped raining by the time we, by the time we got out. So it was fine. It's all, it, it is tough, that, actually, because it's one of the worst things about when it rains is when you then have to sit down, it having rained, in wet clothes. Well, yeah, when you're finally in the dry and you're actually still soaking. Cause yeah. You, I don't know if you ever get it, but I, I hate, hate moving when I'm really wet because otherwise you sort of realise how wet you are. So I just stand, like, sit there completely still and never move. Well, it also just puts negative thoughts into your mind straight away. Like, yeah. it always makes you start shivering as well. Well, that's when, yeah, the demons come, come about. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. But luckily we don't have to think about that too much because this is a sports podcast. And I am dry currently. So uh, and, and you're currently dry. And it's quite warm in the flat where we are at the moment uh, in London. Back to the racing last weekend. Um, Sam Whaley Cohen bowing out in tremendous style, winning an amazing race against the, uh, the, the starting price favourite any second now. I mean, what a way to bow on, a, on what was a, a wonderful career. Yeah, it's, it's really incredible and, and actually really well-deserved for a guy who's sort of been around the block a few times. He's he's the winning most jockey over those fences, over the Grand National fences, uh, but had never won the big one itself. So it is, I mean, it's a pretty remarkable story to, on the Thursday of Aintree, say, right, I'm going to retire after the Grand National. And then on the Saturday, win the Grand National on a 50 to one shot. <laughs> like, and yeah. then and you can't forget also Emmett Mullins, I mean, what a genius he is. Line that one up, seven-year-old, first seven-year-old to win it in quite a while, I believe. And, you know, it was it was a bit of bit of training genius. The, only the, made the horse his, had gone to Cheltenham. Only made his jumps debut, you know, over fences in October of 2021, it's which, in, is, it's incredible. which is pretty mental. Just shows, you know, this could be a new start of the sort of unexposed yeah, Irish yeah, yeah. horse coming in, which is dangerous. It's a bit scary, isn't it? Because... Um, <laughs> It's not really what the Grand National should be, but anyway. No. Uh, anyway, let's look forward to Newmarket. And Yates are the Grand National winner as well. Yeah. Which is quite cool. That is cool. Uh, right. Sorry. Newmarket this week, the Craven meeting. We're back on the flat uh, on the Rowley Mile, which is very exciting for those of you 
who know me and Charlie, you'll know we're big fans of the Roly Mar. Yeah. And uh, the Craven meeting's one of the best meetings of the year. Well, is it though? Well, it's just quite, it's kind, it's kind of boring. It's well, pr- it probably should. No, 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 no. I don't mean like that. I actually love the Craven meeting, but we probably have bad memories of this meeting in the past. Yeah, I remember you. you tr- when we were at university, you you zeroed. <laughs> And then I, I zeroed, but then managed to bring it back to a, a pretty healthy profit. Seems the story of my life. You sort of, we get in, get in trouble together and then somehow you make it back from the brink and I'm just stuck there, you know, on the, on the yeah. edge. Well, I don't know. But it was fine. We're all good now. We're fine. Um, yeah. Um, so it all kicks off tomorrow when we're recording, but today when people will be listening or yesterday, if you're late to listening, uh, and we'll start with that first race of the day george bowie has a very well fancied runner which has been backed heavily in the market mm. um yeah any word on this one well no jo- i mean george is a friend of the podcast obviously um but i haven't heard anything from him um he won the race last year i believe i think we were saying that earlier yeah with force of brazil with force of brazil so which actually drifted drifted late on so if there's market signals tomorrow that a negative then i wouldn't be put off necessarily yeah but he, he knows how to train two-year-old winners as well he's got a fantastic strike rate had a, a lot of good two-year-olds last year i mean sort of five or six of them um possibly more actually raced over 100 i can't remember what the stat was maybe it was just those um who's the guy uh the white the white and black colors nick bradley racing nick bradley so that's it yeah yeah maybe it was just those ones who all raced over 100 i can't even remember Probably because he's got he had cash and stuff as well, obviously. So it done very well with two year olds um, of late. So yeah, I mean, I could definitely see him winning this race, but it'd be interesting. I mean, we're not really going to analyze a unraced two year old race, are we? No, we're not. <laughs> Which is why we'll move on to the two twenty five, uh, the European Free Handicap. It's a listed race over seven furlongs. Uh, New Science fifteen to eight, Takarib Bay five to two, Ribby ten to three, Power of Beauty, who was very impressive a couple of times last season. And Honey Sweet seems pretty unfancy at 25 to 1. Uh, where's your hat? My hat is firmly on Takarib Bay, actually, for, for Richard Hannon and Ryan Moore gets the gets the leg up on board. I think this horse, I mean, obviously, he's, he's very lightly raced, only raced twice. Won well on debut um, against a horse that then has, has since won as well. I mean... You don't want to put too much faith into that form, but it, you know it's always good to see a winning debut. And I think this mark of 103 actually seems pretty lenient given his the substance of his form. I mean, as I say, obviously he hasn't got much of it, but what he has shown has been pretty impressive. That third in the Horace Hill, which I mean, you've got to you've got to note as well that he was going to the Horace Hill after only one run. And I think that in of itself is is quite a telling sign. Horace Hill's a Group Three, of course, and Hannon obviously thought quite a lot of him. Um, so that run there, yeah, he he finished in front of a horse called Noble Truth, um, who's now a hundred thirteen rated horse. Uh, finished second, a very close second to Angel Blur in the Jean Luc Lagardère over in France. So that form's got some really good substance to it. Uh, it's my understanding this horse has also entered for the Craven as well. So they clearly thought a bit of him. He's still got a, a Guineas entry. Uh, they've opted to go for this race, and I think this is really winnable. You know, I think New Science is probably possibly a vulnerable favourite, and I'd like to take him on with this one at sort of 5-2. to two. 
Yeah, I'd like that. Um, I think I think that's definitely a hint of value. And you know, there's question marks about a few of these. New science is always going to be a uh, a strong favourite, at least at this stage of the market. So yeah, I think having a little play on Tacker at bay wouldn't be the worst decision. Um, let's move on. Earl of Sefton Stakes. It's a it's a weird race. Master of the Seas, strong favourite at the moment, but as you'll point out, was was turned over um, on his first run last year. So you know, clear question marks there. McGallan five to two for John Thady Gosden. Bell Rock fifteen to two. Catch twenty two twelves eighteen to one. Bar that. Um, do you want to do you want to begin? Yeah, we've well used a stolen half my analysis, so thanks for that. But no, it's, it's not half of it. But you you do mention yeah, Master C's last year got turned over at, at long odds on over in Maidan on his first reappearance run of the season. So I would suggest that he probably needs a run. Obviously, we know he loves Newmarket. Um, has done very well. He was second in the 2000 Guineas last year. So he, he's clearly a good horse and he's he's got some talent. But I think going here fresh may not be played to his strengths necessarily. And that's why I want to take him on with a horse that will prefer that um, angle. And that's Bell Rock. And I mean, I think some people will probably suggest that Bell Rock may not be the the sort of um, most bo- yeah. most bomb proof for s- selection. You know, he's 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 not a, a pattern company winner, never won a stakes race, uh, but has performed really well in some some pretty big handicaps uh, with with some good form substance in them. I think the main angle for me here, barring the f- the obvious form ties, is uh, with horses like Real World and and, and others is the fact that he goes well at this track for one he's a course and distance winner and he goes really well fresh um to to tell you the stats is two of his three top three rprs um have been at this track and uh both of those have been on reappearance runs so he's going to be really seen to best effect i'd imagine um on on reappearance and could catch a few of these out you know like master seas is a good horse um mcguyan also a good horse but i just want to take this angle and i think it's so important early season to find these ones that do like to you know race off a off a long layoff um but yeah i don't know what you think yeah to be fair i wouldn't want to be getting stuck into master the seas at that price um and i've never really been a fan of mcguyan and other than that you know, you could say that Brunch has a squeak being fit um, after that run of the Lincoln, but, you know, it's not a race that I'd take a big fancy to uh, at all. Um, Nell Gwynn stakes, the one after that, the 335. Um, maybe a bit of a stronger race here. You've got the unbeaten Ribbon Rose at 10 to 1. Uh, Cache, obviously, going to come in at favourite for, for George Bowie. Um, Hello You, 3 to 1. Perfect News, fives. Uh, and then. Um, you know, a, f- a few more further down the field who, you know, could even have a good chance themselves. Have you got a strong fancy in this one or is it sort of move on and and uh, and look at the rest? I mean, I'd ideally like to move on. I think Cache probably deserves to be favourite. He's got some really good form, especially that run out in America. But he own- the only win he's recorded is- was on debut. Um, so... You know, he may, yeah. may I mean, he's he's been mixing in really good companies. He's raced eight times now and he has been mixing in good company. But 
maybe he also struggles to get his head in front in these sort of good races. Like, I don't know, I think possibly at the prices, maybe Hello You presents a bit more value. He's he's won here over course and distance, beating Cache. Um, and then you've got, yeah, as you say, Ribbon, Rose. It's an interesting race. I think there's a bit of depth to it, so I'd probably leave it personally. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if one like Perfect News was to sort of spring up a surprise um, being by Frankel, um, trained by William Haggis. You could see that one having a bit of improvement coming into this year. Uh, but other than that, you know, I I wouldn't really be piling into anything really at the Craven meeting at all. <laughs> um, just, just because it's, uh, you know, these horses haven't run for about six months, but Charlie loves it, so we're doing the podcast. <laughs> I'm you're, you're literally I'm encouraging people just to turn off now. <laughs> these are actually really good tips, and they'll all win. We also said that you zeroed your bank account. <laughs> at the, it's not the best advert. Yeah, yeah, I've I've matured but, uh, a lot yeah. as a punter since then, and I I recovered my losses at Wolverhampton on the all weather. It wasn't at Newmarket. Yeah. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's look at the Wednesday. We'll start with the three o'clock, which is the uh, Abernant Stakes. Yeah, um, Ebro River seven to four. Jamie Spencer on board. Uh, uh, enough said. <laughs> Garris, who was beaten in that race where I tipped up Diligent Harry, which really should have won. Uh, Jumby, 11-2 for Eve Dawson Horton. Belosa, who was a very impressive winner on debut at Newmarket last year for Jane Chapel. Hyam, 8s. Double or bubble, Chris Wall, uh, existent, 11s, 20s, bar that. Um, well, do you have a strong yeah, opinion? I'll take, yeah, I do, actually. I, th- I think, I think, um, think Jumby uh, is, is the one... I, I always love a sprint the same angle with diligent harry thought it was a good sprinter um as a three-year-old stepping up into higher company now with a bit more uh bulk a bit more strength i think he's always it's always a nice move you know garris potentially coming into his strongest year as a sprinter being six years old i think ebro river is you know stepping back down and trip is the obvious play uh having you know been raced slightly freely over seven furlongs uh, in his last two starts, I think that'll be interesting. But I never back so Jamie Spencer at Newmarket. Like, why would you want that? You know, I, completely, I yeah, love, I, I love, I love rides off the front at Newmarket. William Buick does it so well. Um, last Crusader, I thought twenty to one, interesting. But um, you know, I, I, I think Jumby comes in here as a solid contender, uh, and with William Buick taking out the ride, he is really a master, um, and with that run against Albashir last year. Yes, it was a three-run race, but was giving away three pounds and still managed to to beat a horse that was, um, or giving away four pounds um, and managed to beat the horse, which was rated eight pounds superior. I think that's good form. And I think with that improvement moving from three to four, I think you'll see a, a, a good step up from Jumbi. So yeah, I'd, at five to one, I'd give that a bit of a shout. Nice. I think that um, sounds sensible. I'm gonna go for another one actually in this race not jumby i quite like double or bubble for chris wool i think this this horse is turning into quite a good sort of stakes performer at this around this sort of level like I, uh, i'm i'm under no illusion that this thing's probably not going to go win a group one but at this sort of group three listed group two level maybe even i think she's pretty solid um uh i think 
the angle again and it's similar to um the last horse i took bell rock double or bubble goes really well fresh um he has a uh, she rather has won both her uh, previous seasonal reappearances uh including winning here a race over uh, seven furlongs um i think dropping back to six is going to help her a lot she has seemed not to be able to finish out her races um and a sort of sort of strongly run six furlongs which i can imagine this probably will be could could uh really tear up here i think um so yeah i i think sort of given the the her her strong form on reappearances and and uh that drop back in trip i think uh she's she's got a good chance here against some sort of patchy performers i'd put it yeah no it's definitely not the strongest race but i think it'll be competitive um special mention in the 410 on the wednesday for uh Aldous Huxley, who was the horse that I talked about um, basically putting in the Derby market myself, has now been entered in the Dante by the Gosdens. So clearly the, the plan is on and I will take full credit for putting it in the market for William Hill. I'm not sure what the updated price is now, but I would have thought maybe with that entry it, it might have shortened slightly or at least more bookies will be offering a price. Um, any others on the Wednesday for you? Are we still not going to... Uh, <laughs> preview the craven i keep on mi- <laughs> keep on miss i keep on missing it when i'm looking past i think it's because i was on it already yeah. um well maybe maybe you just think it's formality in nature trail win yeah well i mean again another well, very very highly rated two-year-old um with some seriously impressive performances who does, could, that, who does that sound like could it be another pinatubo exactly but i don't know uh, yeah Uh, my big worry i think and i've said this to a few people but native trail has always been very forward as a horse um there would be a slight worry that he doesn't train on not not completely like he he could still be a very good horse but but sort of not at the top like he weighed the same as adiar last year at the end of last year and adiar was a derby winner i think like he weighed like 550 kgs massive uh for a two-year-old and you know he's a great breezer as well which again would suggest that he's just been very forward throughout his career um and my theory is slightly that a few of these are not necessarily in the craven itself but at least within the classic generation a few of these are going to sort of improve past him uh much was like was the case with with pinatuba who was a fantastic two-year-old and absolutely unbelievable two-year-old frankly and never quite reached those heights as a three-year-old and so yeah that would be my slight reservation with native trail um i think for this race even i'd be prepared to take him on you know five to two is is um or two to five rather five to two on is is far too short you know you you wouldn't want to be getting involved at that price especially with going from two to three there's so many unknowns you know it's it's a massive lottery so i i would be willing to take him on uh I actually think it was the same year as we were referring to earlier when I managed to lose all my money. Um, <laughs> one of my attempted savers, I think, was <laughs> on uh, Roaring Lion for the Craven. <laughs> Bearing in mind, he went off about one to two. I don't know what I was doing at this point. Uh, and a tough, ob- there's a tough one today. Obviously, he, he ended up losing. Uh, and it was gut-wrenching. To f- especially, I love that horse as well. But he lost. He got turned over at long odds on. 
uh, beaten by Massa, who obviously eventually won the derby that year. Um, so yeah, I and, and and another thing to mention on that is that only one of the last six favourites has won this race, and that was last year with Master of the Seas at eleven to four. So it wouldn't necessarily mean that he's an absolute sure for this. Uh, and I will take him on here, and I'll take him on with a horse called Huyamal, who very very avid listeners of this podcast might remember that i tipped him up for a race where he never actually ran in the end i can't remember. was it was it the vertum for two of you i can't remember uh something could, like that. could easily something have been. like that um but anyway he didn't run uh but i still think a lot of this horse and i think that um he should do better at three is is one thing and, and look, uh, as i was saying earlier you know some of these might improve past native trail um i think uh yeah his sire territories uh was actually a 2000 guinea second um back when glen eagles won it um and though there's not a big sample size there is um evidence suggests to suggest that his progeny do train on from two to three aldari probably being the most notable example of that um he w- recorded the highest ever rating for a uh, a handicap last year in a race at ascot um which is pretty impressive uh and then you've got the likes of rougier as well out in france um who made into quite a good three or won the pre l'opera um so there are a couple there who who would suggest that um who Yamal may be able to follow suit and do the same and and, and get better as a as a three-year-old um he's got some good form in um behind noble truth a horse i mentioned earlier who obviously um went on to be second in the jean-luc lagardere um he was uh, he was a very close second that day um on only his third start uh so that's promising and i think one other point to mention is that he still holds all those big entries um so he's entered in the 2000 the irish 2000 the dante and the derby uh, which would suggest that Andrew Boulding probably thinks quite a lot of this horse. Um, yeah, so I mean, in short, basically, I want to take on a long odds on shot who, you know, I wouldn't be sad to see him go romp home here because then, you know, it, quite possibly he is the real deal and, and he has trained on, which would be fantastic. But look, I think at the prices, I'll take him on and uh, I think who you are is like 11 to 1, 12 to 1. So yeah happy with that or well, annoying there's only seven runners yeah um no i think that's uh that's that's some nice analysis um and i yeah i i would uh i would love to see Huyamal win uh and native trail to give the others a chance basically because yeah. he was really impressive uh last year anyway let's now correctly move on to the uh the last day where I think we're just going to have a quick touch on the uh, field and stakes, which is often a, a race that we've had some very poor form in in the past. I can remember horses like uh, Kew Gardens. Ran in the field and? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure of it. I would not know that. Are you um, sure? Well, that was a tough day, um, basically. But uh, yes, so uh, for me, actually, I'm, I'm not even going to, try and tip anything up um but i'll if you want to you can uh i also don't want really want to tip anything up <laughs> given our horrendous form i don't really want to 
subject our listeners to that. But I will say if things go really right for Huyamal on the Wednesday, then maybe look at that form line with Dawn of Liberation, who Huyamal beat second time out. Uh, Dawn of Liberation's won since and um, is going there with a run under his belt, having won at Doncaster, having won well at Doncaster. So maybe worth looking at that. But it's it's pretty competitive, actually, the field. And so no wonder we always do bad in it every year. Yeah, 100%. Um, right. That ties up, I think, a great preview for the Craven meeting. We have actually been joking. We actually have spent a good amount of time researching these races. And I think, hopefully, we should have some good selections in there for everyone. Obviously, keep your eyes on Native Trail to see how that horse runs. That's probably the big talking point of the week. Um, Good luck. Play safe. Uh, and any closing remarks from you? Uh, good luck, George Bowie. I'd love to see the guy get a, a classic winner. Uh, and obviously, Cache is a big runner for him this week. So I wish him the best luck. And yeah, I wish everyone else the best luck. It's a very exciting time with the, the, the Guineas only two weeks away now. It really is starting to hold up. So it'll be good to see some of these horses come out and see what they can do. Definitely. Uh, let's leave it there for this week and um, we'll see you next Thursday uh, after everyone's enjoyed the Easter weekend for now though it's a goodbye from me Tris and it's a goodbye from me Charlie goodbye bye